0: UX and theme Podcast Episode 4, Kerry from Atlanta, Georgia, our next guest.
1: Again, thank you so much for doing this. This is the first, What is your background and what did you get you into UX?
2: So I actually have a background in technical support, working at SaaS companies like ATT, Career Builder. Um, and I also done like IT consulting too for a little bit which was actually traveling around to various businesses and helping them uh, helping them with like networking issues and different things like that. Um, I don't have a college degree, so the reason that I was working at companies like that is because I went through a program called year up um, and they're like a nonprofit that mainly helps out you know young adults 18 through 24 um really kind of elevate their skills and give them actual working skills and then they connect them with like you know these nonprofit companies as well so when i was working at career builder in at&t i was more on like the client facing side with technical support and that did deal with a lot of problem solving um and just really you know documenting tickets documenting cases communicating with sales reps right communicating with product owners and the reason that i wanted to get into ux because in those roles Um, Those roles are very reactive so no matter where you go at a company technical support roles are really reactive. And you have like a lot of clients and other people calling you, telling you how much they hate like a feature change on a product, or how much they hate doing something on a product and they expect for you to change it. Um, So I thought to myself when I kept getting those complaints that man this really sucks, because when I bring it up to upper management they tell me to stay in my place and we already have a team to handle that um so there really wasn't any value that i can add in those jobs it was just taking a lot of calls you know being reactive so i thought to myself i wonder if there's a role where i can have you know um you know i, I can't have ownership right of what i'm doing for these different products and then i can be that person where i'm coming through the door already adding value but you know my job entails like creative thinking creative problem solving right it deals with like cross collaboration and all of that. And when I did a quick Google research, I found out about UX design four to five years ago. Um, and when I found out about UX design, I still didn't really have an understanding of what it was, but I knew it was very creative. So I actually went to the general assembly and the missions counselor gave me like a take home challenge to do. And I misunderstood him because it was actually due like week after next, but I finished it in like two two to three days. And I thought to myself that, yeah, this is definitely for me because this is creative problem solving. This is creating your own apps that human beings get to interact with. And then I can be able to speak up for the underdog as well. So, yeah.
1: I love that story. And I think uh, at the beginning when, when you were talking about... Uh... I think I didn't know this before. I think this is new for me today about the nonprofit, about uh, going and they help you to find those skills. And I think it's so important. I think i work worked with so many youth on retail. And uh, for me, that was one of the things that it was always so important to have where when you're starting to have uh, those goals and to know where you're going, I think that makes so much different where you ended up at one point. And when you were talking about uh, facing the public and how you can really change life, it's so limited when you are one-on-one in front of the customer. I mean, again, I work in retail and I know that even as a store manager, it's not much that you can do uh, on the higher level because you are so limited at the end of the day. So I think that's definitely what, um, as a UX designers, we, we are improving lives in a different way that can touch so many people at the same time. So that's pretty nice. Um, now, something that uh, we we really like about um, you is that you went to so many different interviews with so many different roles. And I think that uh, people would love to hear how is that process of interviewing with head designers with project managers, CEOs, like in a range of people that you have to be prepared for, like, and what, what is your, I think you should, I mean, I think you should have, or you have all those notes in somewhere that you can even write a book about, uh, how to recommend people to approach different scenarios. So go for it. Yeah.
2: I think an interview is not a one size fits all thing for UX because it could be all over the place. It depends on like the org structure. What, you know, also like the company with their interviewing processes, because some people might have like a regular traditional interview process that you go through. Others may not. Some might want you to go four or five rounds. Other might, you know, condense it all the way to two rounds. I mean, other organizations and companies. Um, But when you go through two rounds, some might want to have you you know, do like a four to five hour or six hour interview. You know, for that day, sometimes it might be like, might be even nine hours as well um, for that. So I would tell people the best way to prepare um, is that I'm probably um, because I, I I can't explain it all on you know just for you know just for time's sake, right? It, it's impossible to really explain it and break it and break it down. But I will say that in these companies, a lot of companies that you interview for for a UX role. You will, like you mentioned, have to talk to like, depending on the company side, the CEO or the VP of product, more than likely you will, even if you're like at a Twitter or Oracle at a larger company, like the VP of product is going to know who you are. So I actually talked to a friend and I was saying that I think this is the only entry level role that's out there where you actually talk with like, you know, um, senior level executives, you know what I mean? Like on the first or even the second or even a third round where I don't think there's another entry level role unless you're like a teacher because I hear the teachers do that sometimes. But still UX is just really unique because my other jobs that I've interviewed for I only got to like the first manager, you know what I mean? Not the second manager that's over him or her in a sense. So I think that you really need to be um, getting ready to talk to these people And the reason why you're meeting so many people like developers or engineers or, you know, product managers as well is because you're touching a digital product, basically you're gonna touch a product that's gonna go out to millions and millions of people that's gonna have contact with it. And that's pretty powerful when you think about it. So yeah, they have to make sure that you're the right person to take ownership of that product and really elevate that product as far as like it's visual design, it's choice architecture, it's copywriting, right? Um, The the layout, the interaction, the look and feel of it as well. So I will say that um, first round interviews, don't always expect a recruiter. Um, and, And I'll just have these differences and I'll just start off with the first round. But first round is, you know, uh, it's basically getting to know about yourself, right? Getting to know about you, your background and all that. Mainly recruiters are gonna ask you generic questions. If a recruiter like MailChimp, for example, like Jenna Chris, I know that I was reading, you know, on MailChimp how they hire sometimes you might have a recruiter who knows a little bit about design basically like she's in that loop. And she's like really cool with the design team, you know what I mean like high best hiring practices. And all that sometimes you might have a recruiter that doesn't know anything about design so they're asking you tell me about yourself, why do you want to work at this company and all that good stuff right and all you would have to do is really make sure you're you're still working while you're applying and make sure you have enough projects to talk about with their recruiter and really make sure you're just researching the living shit out of the company as well excuse my language like you're researching the company that way you can stand out from other candidates too and that recruiter can pass you along too and make sure that you're asking them good questions i will say when it comes to like hiring managers um as far as like design directors design managers sometimes there might be like a senior designer that um that talks to you, the first thing they'll probably ask you on that, on those interviews, is getting to know about your background and seeing if you collaborated with like developers, engineers, if you have experience working with design systems, if you have experience making trade-offs with engineers, if you, you know, once again, how would you know, or some, if it's like a product design role, a lot of them might ask about research questions. So how do you approach research? What are best practices for research? Um, What is your process for doing research as well? In a sense and recruiters might ask you that too but i think with design directors and managers they might want to go into that and then from there you might have like a take-home challenge right that you would do or sometimes they might take you to the next round where they'll give you like a whiteboarding challenge maybe but if you have that take-home challenge it's really going to be assessing your visual design skills and seeing the way that you do think about like the choice architecture and trade-off with developers and you know once you go to like the fourth or even like the fifth round then that's when you'll have your meetings with the design team Like different designers, once again, depending on the size of the company, and you'll also have meetings with like engineers and developers and things like that as well. And then I would say um, from there, you should have, you know, some more design challenges as far as like whiteboarding or even receive some technical challenges from product managers. So once again, all this stuff is not a one size fits all, but that's what you can expect if you're going through a regular company interview and they're not treating you like a junior designer from my experience as well. Sometimes, um, and I will need to add this in there, you might have to do a performance review so i know for the first round i've never had to do a portfolio well yes i did uh actually two times i had to do a portfolio review but it was very rare you know so like the third or fourth round you could expect to do a portfolio review for the hiring manager um you know pretty much and that's you talking about your case study presenting your work so talking about key findings right not making it cookie cutter and talking about your methods and how you we navigated through ambiguity and how you solve these like very challenging problems in your case study and of course they'll like grill you with questions and all this good stuff But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of a UX interview. There's like some more stuff that's thrown in there. But once again, that's what a person can expect if they, you know, apply through the company. Right. And they got a referral or something or if they got like an interview request through an applicant tracking system as well. I will say just one last but not least, Julia, I will say that San Francisco, um, even though there are a lot of jobs out there more than any other state like in the country, I will say do not um, do not go for San Francisco unless you're like a really strong visual designer unless you have like a really strong background in like design or something because it's like very competitive out there and there's like uh, it's just it's just too much of like a saturation of talent as well um, New York as well but even though I had more success in New York I will say still um, same thing applies to New York and every major city I would say that you would want to approach like the job hunt very strategically as well. Um, to just make sure you're, you know, you're standing out effectively, whether it's your portfolio, whether it's communicating, talking to people as well. Um, there's many different ways, right, to scan a cat. So yeah, hopefully that helps.
1: Um, I think something that um, I, I was just thinking right now with all these companies and interviews and and I know that you you had the chance to choose between where to work. What do you think it was your maybe I don't know top five, top three values or thing that you were looking in a job?
2: um i think for me what i was looking over and this is something that you know this guy his name is micah saka um he, he was actually at remote design week um for the fireside chat so if anyone was in remote design week because i know this is going to be you know sent out to the design next community but um micah saka you know vp of design at, or vp of product design or vp of design i don't know at dribble um he pretty much said that a lot of people end up um you know optimize a lot of people are so focused on like you know title there's like a saturation of title and um you know salary versus like optimizing for skill pretty much and i just think as a junior designer um i think when you start to look at an uh, organization that you want to work on um you, you probably want to look at where that organization is going to take you long term right so, you know, there could be some things where you'll look at saying, hey, are these people really interested in my growth as a person? You know, do they wanna take me up to the next level? With this organization, will I get to work on meaningful products or meaningful projects as well that I can ship as well? Um, will the pay be fair, you know? And even if the pay is not fair, um, I'm, you know, you probably want to optimize for low pay if they're having like meaningful and cool products, right? That you can show and put your brand out there. I think another thing is, um, you know, really seeing like the success of their employees, too, within an organization, because that matters a lot. So seeing if a person started like as, you know, a, a junior designer and they work, they work their way up to like a staff product designer or even like a director, which would be really cool. And that person, you can see that they have that skill, right? And they have that wisdom as far as like understanding the business. Um, they can talk to any and everyone because they understand like the language of like marketing, you know, software engineering, quality assurance, you know, executives, right? Um, just like my director at the company is right now. And I think another thing is the organization itself, like is it the product that you really care about and that you wanna be working on as well? Um, Or is it something that's gonna be very relevant and that people are familiar with as well? Because I think you know superficially a lot of people care about that too. So I think when you look at that, um, a lot of times pay just doesn't really matter that much. I think it's really mattering about the organization in your long-term growth, right? And where you wanna go. So for example, there's this woman named Vandana Pie. She went to Berkeley, she worked at Box, and now she's a senior product designer at Spotify. But what she was telling me about Box is that her manager really had her best interest at heart. And he was, you know, prepping her to, I mean, pretty much, you know, nurturing her in order for her to go to a bigger and better company, right? Because that's what he wanted for her versus other people trying to keep you at the company and you're just working on stuff that you don't even like, but your skills, you know, over the years are not up to par and you're falling behind, right? Cuz you know UX just changes a lot you're not up to date on like the latest tools industry expectations having your portfolio look a certain way and I would say to everyone that's listening that would be the main focus right now finding that kind of company that can help you grow and where you're trying to go with understanding like business impact and and, you know enhancing your visual design skills right enhancing your critical thinking skills because I think if you have all those you know to go then you can pretty much work anywhere that you want from that point so yeah
1: yeah, no, and, and I, I totally agree with that. Uh, and, and well, the other day I was talking with this uh professor. He helps um students um in the last semesters of data science to find a job. And we were talking about about this, and I totally get it. At, at one point, of course, you have to balance these two. Do I really need a job and I just need to find whatever? Do I really need to go grow or do I want a good salary? It's so many variants, and I feel like you just have to write down and be honest with yourself and think what you really want. And for me, I'm looking definitely for a company that values the whole of me. I mean, I that asks me about what I used to do before, what I do on the sides and it gets interested about who is Juliet in a whole person? Because when I'm going to work, it's not that I'm just choosing. Oh, the Juliet designer is going to work. He's going to work. I'm I'm the whole. Yeah. So for me, I think I'm looking for a company that values the whole person that I am.
0: I'm big on mental health, and I'm big on self care. Just quickly, and I'm pretty sure everyone can appreciate that on how to survive those long interviews because this is this is a big toll on mental health right
2: yeah definitely oh yes um oh i'm glad that you mentioned that because these ux um are like these ux interviews especially when you get to like the last round are very anxiety anxiety inducing um so i would say probably take a long walk in those interviews they'll probably like you, let you take breaks as well Um, If if you can't take any breaks, just tell them, hey, I want to take a break, you know, and just be straight up with them. So this is the number one thing that I want to mention to everyone. Don't be afraid to speak your mind. Don't be afraid to ask for certain things as well. Like you're human, they're human as well. If they don't understand that, then it's not a company that you want to work for. Cause imagine how that's going to be when you start working for them as well. So I want to say that never be afraid to speak your mind while being professional, you know what I mean? Never be afraid like when you're having your patients tested with some stuff in the interview on, you know, saying that, no, we can't continue or no, I can't repeat this again because this person came in late, you know, I'm on a time schedule as well. Um, And I would say for mental health, before you even start an interview, just take a walk outside, Um, make sure that you're drinking water constantly. Um, If you like to indulge in substance, I know this is gonna be a weird thing to say, but. Like by all means, especially if it's medical, right? Go ahead and do that. If it's gonna take stuff off of your mind. And I would say um, as well, you would need to probably just um, practice and, and be over-prepared for interviews in a sense and over-prepared because once you're over-prepared, um, you would have a lot of great things to do. I would say also write down all your questions that you have like on like your phone, right? Because we're on a Zoom call. So what I normally do is I know both of them can see me. So they're gonna see this but you would take your phone, you know, have like a note taking app or even put all your stuff in Gmail. I prefer Gmail in a note taking app, but I use Gmail and I email it to myself Then I take the phone while I'm over the Zoom call and I put it right here. So it seems like I'm looking at the person while I'm reading notes, whether it's presenting my work or whether it's asking certain questions or answering certain questions that I might receive as well. And it kind of takes the anxiety off of you because you already know what you're gonna say. You're ready for those curveballs. but yeah, just taking long walks, you know taking time for yourself relax whatever is in your comfort zone to do you should always do yeah
0: yeah thank you i just thought it would be important to address that i just felt like it um so in terms of your job search uh, since you were that great and you scored 18 interviews uh tell us more uh how did you do it did you network did you just happen to find those postings and apply <laughs>
2: So I'm going to say this networking is kind of overrated and the reason I say it's overrated because people look at networking as some kind of tool in order to get you a job, but I think that. Um, I think that it helped people just like with Julius and it can help you um, go a certain way, but it can only take you so far, you know, so I would say for everyone that people need to stop worrying about like title or pay and just optimize for skill in a sense. So really, optimizing, increasing like your visual design skills, your writing skills, your you know your storytelling skills, right? It's going to really make you help help you stand out as a candidate. Also, your portfolio and your case study experience skills. So treating your case study like it's a um, magazine feature um, that has like a beautiful layout, or treating it like it's a graphic novel, or your own unique take, or like you're going to like a marketing page, right? Like Mailchimp or like you know um, Apple in a sense with the way that their pages are laid out treating your case studies like that and not being so focused on process. So I will say that um, when it comes to networking, unfortunately, and I I want everyone to hear this, that my instructor, she told me that connecting with like um, design managers and like design directors are overrated because they wanna do everything to help, you know, designers, I mean, junior designers, but hire them. And I even spoke to like a senior product designer as well um, the day before yesterday. And he told me this, he said, a lot of times right now, which is unfortunate, is that you have like a lot of people who want to help because they have years and years of experience, right? that has been in the industry for a long time, but they can't really help and they're, they're in no position to help because they haven't gone through something like this where it's a pandemic and where it's a junior designer with like a background that's not in, you know, design period and they, they don't know how to help them. In a sense, they don't know what kind of advice to give them. So when I talk to other designers and ask them questions on how can I become a better critical thinker, and these are from like mid level and senior designers and ask them stuff, or how can I get better in this area, they would say, I don't know, you just need to get experience. Like it was really that bad. So I would say for me, what you actually need to do in order to stand out is go to LinkedIn. Utilize like their toggle feature that they have when you're searching for jobs and refresh it constantly, right? For like 24 hours, refresh it 24 hours. And think about the think about the times, right? Cause this is gonna be sacrifices that you're gonna have to make when you don't wanna apply, when you don't wanna think about UX and go to LinkedIn. Because the way that LinkedIn works and the way that integration with job postings work is that they come in like odd hours of the nights, right? Because by the way, integrations is when you map jobs for someone's applicant tracking system and you scrape them onto your job board. I know that because I used to work at CareerBuilder. So like they come in like at odd hours of the nights, you know what I mean? When they're being posted on the site in a sense. It's almost like, what can I compare it to? It's almost like Blackboard right, in college or something like that when a professor used to post like different grades at different times. It's almost like similar to that but um this is how job postings work so think about when you don't want to search for a job and go apply because you'll get that rejection letter back really fast or you will get someone that will call you and say oh you are one of the first people to apply so that normally works i would say second with your portfolio make sure you really hone your visual design skills so the way that you can get better at visual design pretty much is um i'm going to say go to behance or look at an actual app and copy and replicate that design pixel for pixel and make sure you get it right. And also start taking that design apart and figuring out the ways the user journey and the flows work, because that'll help you in like whiteboarding challenges and also design challenges as well. So really hone in on your visual design skill and make your case study really great and strong visually. I would say as well, talk about key findings in your case studies. Don't talk about process at all. Just talk about key findings and bring that up, you know? Make your case study very digestible too. So get with someone, if you're, if you think you're not a good writer, get with someone who's a copywriter as well and help them and help for and help them create that experience. Next, if you want to think about layout, go to some, you know, great marketing websites, like I mentioned, Apple. Mailchimp, right? There's plenty of other ones that's out there design agencies that have beautiful case studies or beautiful marketing pages that you can take from as well and make very, you know, exciting for your users because you have to think about this, (laughs) a design manager and a recruiter they're looking at 300 to 400 portfolios. And a lot of times they see case studies that look the same and that's full of text and writing. But if you have a case study that can stand out that has very little text, or even if it's like a good number of text, that still your visuals are taking up most of the real estate. They're very beautiful. They make sense. They make a coherent story. And you have like really good copy and you're giving them context as you scroll, you're gonna get that call from uh, an agency or you're going to get that call from a company, and this is the call that I had They're saying oh we normally look at background, but we don't really care about that anymore, we just jump straight into portfolios. And what we have seen we really like and we want to get to know more about you or even a recruiter telling me that the hiring manager looked at your portfolio and they're like he or she is really excited to meet you as well in a sense. So make it a joy to be there, right? To look at your portfolio. Don't make it feel like a chore. Make every part of it feel essential. You know, don't make it feel like you have to eat all your vegetables before you get to dessert. Like make it where it's like digital lifesavers back to back in a sense and-, and make them feel like they want to just be there. And-, and-, and your product also serves a real world purpose too. So yeah, um, last but not least, I want to say this. Um, there was this guy that posted this like tweet, and he says um, he, he asks all designers what are they hot What are their hot takes? Right? Like, what are your hot takes when it comes to user experience design? And someone actually commented, and this person works in the Bay Area, by the way. He actually commented and said that process doesn't matter. What actually matters is your outcomes, pretty much, in your case studies. So your visual design your metrics, right, success metrics. Like what came out of this? Was it a good net promoter score as well? Because you can do that by yourself, believe it or not. Anyone can do that. Like Google it, Google net promoter score, you can do that. And if and if you have that, all that stuff, like they'll be like, oh snap, man, this person not only brought like metrics, visual design, man, but I, I wanna give this person a call. Yes, and that's what happened with me. That's how I was able to score those 18 interviews because 98% of the jobs that I got was through the applicant tracking system and not through referrals.
0: Bam! Wow, it seems like things are different in the US because here it's it's what eighty five percent of the jobs are found through referrals. It's like insane statistics. Like people say seventy five. I've heard eighty five. It's just it's just crazy. It's like whenever you apply online, and I know Juliet, if you can confirm, you just you just get rejected unless you know someone in the company or or you know someone who knows someone, right? That's an interesting different perspective
1: but i think uh what Carrie has to say about that joy to be in your portfolio i think that makes so much difference too and i don't think that i don't know i I, i'm just thinking about um that person who is going to all those portfolios and really maybe i don't know anyone on that company but if i'm having so much fun looking at someone's work and I get excited about it, of course I want to call you. I want to know who you are. And I think that's um, that's a big takeaway. And and when you say about the so sex metrics and then um, that visually on those two combine, And I think that's explosion of like, I know what I'm doing. I think that's, um, I think it will be nice like you were selling Ali to find someone with this outcome here, maybe in Canada. Because I know uh, from what we have last week, of course, Jarrell is really good at what he does, but he did a different a different outcome. And I think that's why we wanna have you, the two of you, because they're so opposite and how you guys found a job and maybe just work different from different people. And I think that's the whole idea of the uniqueness about who we are as designers and, and what we wanna do. Uh, I mean, what about if the two of us use both techniques? I mean, we're having. We should have. I don't know now. With these, uh, 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 Jarrell has how many? Twenty-five, and you have eighteen. So we should have fifty interviews in the next in the next six months. <laughs> that's that's what we're going for. I don't know.
2: Probably even more. I mean, once again, cold outreach.ing It never hurts. But at the same time, it's like really hard because, you know, I've I've actually seen someone's LinkedIn inbox that was working at Instacart and that person had like 300 emails basically in their LinkedIn message. So you just have to consider that, yeah, Ellie is shaking her head, but you have to consider that, um, that that person has just has a lot on their mind. And, And I would say that even in Canada, like it's true for you, right? Like in Vancouver, Toronto, all those different areas that even like in Calgary, that um, I talked to someone from Spotify. I mean, not Spotify, but Shopify, gosh, same thing. But um, (laughs) I talked to someone from Shopify and he even told me that that they're only making reservations or they're only making exceptions right now because it's so hard to hire people and they're just getting like a lot of portfolios back to back or a lot of applicants you know applicants that they're only making exceptions for like really stellar portfolios like across the board so good visual design good typography layout skills right um good writing as well and also once again good you know outcomes with what they have in their portfolio and for me i decided to just go that route of just applying because that was working for me yeah if i did network i probably would have got twice that also if i decided to make my portfolio mobile responsive as well i probably would have got twice the interviews as well because sometimes they can be a deal breaker with people that oh no it's not mobile responsive in a sense actually one person on linkedin told me that that he was like i'm sorry but you're not going to be a good fit for this position and i went to try to pull your website on mobile and it seems broken so yeah just remember for everyone make your portfolio mobile responsive because it might matter to some people. Some it doesn't, but some it do. So,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a good tip.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so now that we know how you tackle your job search, and if you can give us, I know you can give us so many different points, but if you can give us what you have learned the most, maybe three tips.
2: What I've learned the most is that um, even after your boot camp, there's just a, like a lot of time and effort up front and a lot of learning that you're gonna have to do on your own. I mean, and you're gonna have to find resources that give you information that is um, that is needed in the industry instead of stuff that is popular to talk about. So I'm gonna just spit out a couple of resources if you don't mind, Julia. Um, follow AJ and Smart. They're a channel on YouTube, please follow them. Look at the videos, cause like the videos that they have that are not popular or when they're talking about things that are needed in the industry. So listen to the golden age of UX is dead um, video that's on AJ and Smart's YouTube channel. Um, Also, I would say there's some other ones where it's talking about UX interviews as well. So anything that comes up with UX interviews, please watch those as well, because they give like a lot of great techniques. I would say for a junior, you need to hone your visual design skill. So you need to keep editing and keep showing it to like industry professionals and getting giving, getting them to really give you like tips and takeaways. So find someone who is really strong at visual design that you can have as a mentor and really just build up your visual design and make it strong. Like really strong to where, you know, you're gonna beat out like mid-level designers who don't focus on that, you know? And even other designers who's way more experienced than you that you're gonna beat out. I would say keep editing your portfolio because there's always going to be changes that you're going to have to make to it um, and keep doing that and then i'm going to say. You're probably going to have to buy a bunch of books as well to read so one that I have is called cracking the PM interview right here, which is really great, so it, it, it really teaches you how to you know, interview and understand like success metrics and all that and really give like a really profound reason why you want to work at organizations. So I just think with me, the main takeaway just overall is really practicing on a lot of different things. And that, yeah, you might get burnt out sometimes. Yes, it might feel like you're not going anywhere. But trust me, that hard work really does pay off. And it's this tweet that I saw one day on Twitter. This person said that you don't plant a lot of seeds and hope that they grow and just dig them up to figure out why they're not growing, right? He says that those seeds kind of take time to sprout. So he says, so why are you questioning your own hard work where you're putting all this time and effort into something and you think you're not getting anywhere? Just be patient. Because like I told both of you when we were kind of offline in a sense that um, the money will come, right? If you optimize for skill instead of talent, if you optimize for writing, if you optimize for like thinking about product strategy, thinking about the big picture on how your design impacts business, learning where that company is trying to grow, um, I mean, trying to grow and where they're trying to go as well, like the pay is going to come like with me getting a job in Georgia, making six figures. Because the ironic thing is, is that the companies that I've interviewed with in the past, even in California as well, that they can't even match the pay that I'm getting now. And life just is weird like that. So I just want to tell everyone that. So, yeah.
1: And and I think that's just so, so true. And I think even though that maybe 18 interviews sounds like this is crazy, but I feel like 17 interviews, 16 interviews, help you to get that 18 that you must get, that dream one. And I think that what you were saying at the beginning, maybe the interviews that you had at the beginning, um, you didn't do good, you learned so much, and maybe they didn't could match the money. Why? Because you were supposed to get the job that you got. And I think that's such a value lesson is just to be patient and know and believe the process. I think that's something that we always forget because we are so much stressed about getting a job. I don't have money, and I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know if this was the right decision, but at the end of the day, you're following your heart. You are doing what you're passionate about. You are doing something that you believe. And at the end of the day, it will work either way. I feel like it, yeah? I hope so.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Please.
0: Yeah, please, God.
2: Yeah, I just think, you know, UX industry, and I just want to tell everyone this, that bootcamp grads are not your competition. They're just not, to be honest. I think the main people that you probably need to worry about are going to be your instructors because they're your competition, like the people that taught you. And then also, like, college graduates who come out with, like, human-computer interaction degrees because I've seen a lot of them with some amazing portfolios as well. So that's going to be kind of an uphill battle, right? So I would say for all, for anyone that's listening, like really look at your portfolio and look at the best portfolios that's out there and don't look at it and say, oh, I can never reach that. Or, oh, it's going to take me a long time to even achieve that goal. But I would just say, say, honestly um, and truthfully, you can get there. It's just going to take a lot of hard work and you're going to have to edit as well. And you're going to have to put just like a lot of time and effort into it in order to make it happen.
1: And I feel like you were saying at the beginning about the boot camp, uh, they're not as straightforward about this hard work that you have to do after. And I think that's what we all going into boot camp thinking, you no, know, we are we got it. And <laughs> I mean is of course unfair for people that have been in a school for four or five years and we expect them to have the same even though maybe we have the same skills and we have learned the most the same, Uh, but we need to work hard for what we want and I think uh, because we work hard we we know um, how good we can get and uh, that by all of this we can improve ourselves and and I, I don't know for me at least when i moved into ux i wanted the challenge and i wanted to do something that can take me to the next level professional and as a person and i think that's what it takes it takes time it takes effort it takes stress it takes not doing the stuff that you like because you you want something bigger for yourself
2: Definitely. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, UX, um, it's, 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 there's a reason that it pays a lot. There's a reason. And once again, the, you know, the stuff that, you know, can't might teach, right. And all that stuff is not really, um, it, it's just not enough. It's not enough. It's not even, you know, it's only scratching like, you know, probably like 15% of the surface. And that the reason, so I read this interesting post on Quora, right? On someone asking, it's like software engineering, like an oversaturated field. And a person said this, um, he said the elephant in the room is that it's like talent over qualification, right? And he said that, a lot of people get into software engineering for the wrong reasons because when you look at the job you know when you look at it like statistically there's 50,000 computer science grads every year right and then there's like 10 times that of people that self-taught but then when you look at all these job boards there's like tens and thousands of jobs that's out there right and it's kind of a head-scratcher and he says that people get into like engineering for the wrong reasons, basically. And they say, oh, people that say, oh, I can just get into this and make a lot of money and learn this thing online. He say they completely fail. And he said, when you have a conversation with them, you ask them, okay, why did you want to get into software engineering? And they say, oh, it's a job that just pays a ton, right? And he says, okay, then why don't you become a doctor then? Then he says, well, that's too hard. So he said, so the assumption is that companies are paying a lot of money for a job that takes little to no effort. That's not how basic economics work. And just like with UX design, that's the same thing, right? that all these companies are shelling out this much money for a role that takes little to no effort, in a sense? Like, once again, in interviews, I had to interview with like VPs of products with people that was higher up. Never before, and I don't know how you feel about this, Julia, but I don't know any other entry level role that's out there right now where you're meeting with like executives and you're talking with people in interviews. And there's a reason why UX designers are meeting with them, because you're touching a digital product that everyone is going to see. And it's like super hard because you have to get this buy-in from your peers, from your managers. Things have to be greenlit, right, in so many different departments. You have to constantly work with engineers. You're outnumbered by engineers and you're expected to produce at a high level constantly um, in order to make that product successful. And it's just not an easy role. So you're basically, when you think about it at the end of the day, that you're basically like a business consultant for a digital product, in a sense. You're thinking about like business goals, you know, how are we going to improve like the engagement in this area? How are we going to improve like the acquisition and all of that? How can we improve our choice architecture in order to make X, Y, and Z better? How can I collaborate with marketing to make this very effective? How can I bring up different product recommendations and insights, right? To product managers or to other peers that I have in the meeting as well, or to people that's in like data science or all of that, you know? It's super hard. It's super hard. And once again, these are things that people don't teach you in a boot camp. And these are you're probably gonna get questions for anyone that's listening, um, that, that you are not familiar with and that you're just uncomfortable with as well because they it's just not taught, especially in college as well. Believe it or not, business school doesn't even teach this, you know? You the business degree, they don't talk to you about minimal valuable products and like acquisition and all this other kind of stuff. So yeah.
1: I mean, we want the job and we want to, more than the job, I think we want to be designers. And at the end of the day, we are taking the step to do it. And yes, and I think it's so important. I don't, I don't and I imagine you felt the same. I, I don't know. It's scary. And it's, uh, you don't know what could happen. And and I'm thinking all the time, uh, did I do the ride right the station? And, and changing what I had, it was a good paid job i knew what i had to do and i was thinking i think i was thinking these days about of course people were calling me uh, all the time and i were getting like hey do you want to work for us of course because i had 10 years of experience i think i realized of course that's why people want me to work for them and of course As today, as me as a junior designer, no one wants to work with me because no one knows me. And that makes sense. So I need to let people know uh, what is to work with Juliet and what kind of, uh, at the end of the day, what kind of, uh, I don't know, skills or um, projects or work you will get from me because people don't know me. So everything takes time. And, and I think it's valuable to know and be conscious about that and be thankful about uh, we are learning and we are putting the work on it to get where we want to get. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, let's see, I think, I think we went pretty much through do all the questions. Uh, which is, yeah, what are some on traditional ways to look for work, A tip that you can give to someone. I don't know. I think that best tip that you can give someone who is starting to look for a job, I feel like you already...
2: You didn't ask me about six and seven. Yeah. I can answer those.
1: Yes. Okay. So, so what is so attractive? Uh, attractive. What did UX attract you as a career? Beside the money.
2: <laughs> so you know what the most interesting and gratifying thing about UX is? is that um, when you think about it. So here's the thing, right? Um, A lot of people are very visual. And this is why I keep telling folks to get better at visual design um, is that the most gratifying thing is that people are gonna see your product for what it is. And what I basically mean by that is I actually saw this comment on YouTube one day about this guy, who is like a software engineer, and he said the most sobering thing for me, the most sobering reality is that people never see my code. You know what I mean? Like, they never see it because it looks like a bunch of gibberish to them and they don't care how smart I am in a sense. And even when you think about like strategy, right. And like marketing and all that kind of stuff that people really don't see that work. All they see is just the visual design and the outcome of it. So I think even though with me as a product designer that I'm going to be, you know, it's going to be work, right. That's pretty much, how can I say this work that is pretty much, you know, um you know kind of the culmination of all those things that i just mentioned that people are still going to see my work and say oh man you created this you created this like drop down effect you know or you created um this for me in order for me to apply to jobs easier like man that's really cool and it just has that automatically uh, that automatic effect because visually people are seeing what we do so it's not like i'm an engineer and it's like this kind of behind the scenes kind of thing but it's like visually products that people are touching and that people are having like involvement with. And to me, that's the most gratifying thing on a superficial level because of that as uh, you know, a visual, you know, um, you know, product designer, right? When you think about it. So yeah. Well,
1: me, yeah, I know for sure. I think uh something that I didn't like about my job before my career is that I didn't have any input. Like people were not feeling happy or feeling successful or didn't excited about it, what they were getting from me and I think that's what I was looking for like do something that it could be meaningful and yes people just of course at the end of the day they just they just see the final product again they don't see everything that it went into to get to that point uh, but that's what it gets me excited that I I got to that final point and I made someone happy and I make someone to find a solution and and they just maybe took them two seconds to do it and i think that even it sounds simple for the user at the end is oh i just did a click and i found the solution maybe to get to that point it was so much thought about it so i think that's what it gets me excited too for sure and our last one uh what do you like and don't like about being a ux designer
2: Um, What I like is that it's a role that's gonna continue to be challenging. It's a role that's gonna continue to be ever changing. Some people will look at that as like a bad thing, but I think if you're a person, because I've seen, and I'm pretty sure you've seen that too, Julia, If like you have friends that say that they hate, I mean, not hate, but they they get bored with what they do all the time because it's like they just the glass dealing with something. With UX, it's it's, it's not like that because you have tools that are constantly changing, right? Like industry expectations and demands that are constantly changing as well. And I think that, um, I think i just love the fact that it's ever constantly changing and that ux is not this monolithic thing it's almost like dictionary right and like you know the, the human vernacular i mean well like the english language vernacular and like you know what a grammarian how they pursue the how they per, you know really take the english language right How the english language is like this kind of stream of ever-flowing changing currents and words and it's like with ux design it's like this ever-changing currents of like psychology, right, of like architecture, of, you know, science when you think about Mm -hmm. it, of different methods that's being brought into it. And it's just a beautiful thing because when some of the best case studies that I've seen, um, to be honest, is the fact that this product designer that wrote that case study, they were using like these unconventional methods, right, in order to solve Mm -hmm. their problem. So like Simon Pan with the Amazon one, he actually read this book um, that actually, well, Amazon Music, I apologize, but Amazon Music. He read this book to really help him solve this problem and give him some creative ideas. Or even like this other person that I've seen, I um, this is something that I just kind of made up by the way, but there's like this video game, like buzzword called Vertical Slice. And what it is, is like this kind of testing demo, right? Where you take this person, you put them in one kind of like, I, I guess, one different like level design and you can test out all the features that are included in that game. It contains all the features, right? So what if you did that with UX design that you were having a hard time testing it with users? Cause every time you tested, it, was like split. You know what I mean? Like 50, 50. So what if you use the vertical slice method where you just had all the features that the app can contain on one screen so they can test it out and see how they felt about it. You know? So like this creative solving, this, this very creative problem solving and the fact that it's ever changing. So one thing that I really dislike about UX um, in, in just general is that um, it's just like this misalignment between UX education and, and, um, and just, and this is like a high level thing. And then I'll get into what I personally dislike about being on a job, right? But this like this just misalignment between UX education and, you know, also what industry expectations are and that a lot of people are not talking about it. And that the people that are talking about it, they're not getting enough, you know, traffic, right? They're not getting enough buzz online, unfortunately. Um, I will say that I, you know, really just, and this is something that I have to learn as well, but you might have people who don't understand the value of design when you're working with them Mm -hmm. and have some people that might think that your job is easy when it's not, because you took a lot of thought to, you know, think about the choice architecture or to think about like the placement of where this certain visual element was, right? on a screen or you might deal with you know a developer that might throw your design completely to the wayside because they didn't like it and they said that they couldn't build it in a sense and they don't really care about the thought process they went into it they're thinking okay can i build it and then you might have that stakeholder who's thinking okay can this make me a lot of money and you know screw the user I don't care about that and you know I've had to learn over time to really adapt and kind of speak the same language as all those folks or even in marketing they might have a different idea on what you're trying to go for when you're working with them because you can clash because they're speaking totally different language and they have totally different goals you know and it's like really hard once again everyone who's listening to this check out the golden age of UX is dead by AJ and smart please check it out um but it's like really super hard. And it's like you have to collaborate with these people that might not understand the full value of UX and, and, and the purpose of it and might not even under you know respect the craft of it. But you have to work around that. And with this role, it just takes a lot of interpersonal skills. So it's like really hard. It's really hard because the technical part, you know, that part can you can learn that over time and it can be taught. But learning how to talk with people, learning how to talk mm-hmm. to people, learning how to show your progress and what to talk about in various different meetings. You know, it, it can be kind of tricky. Like even when you're sitting in a meetings with a bunch of stakeholders and a bunch of people, there's gonna be all this crosstalk about the bigger picture and a strategy, and you don't wanna bring up wireframing and architecture. You know what I mean? That's why you wanna have high-level key findings, just like a portfolio review where you're presenting for people, mm-hmm. because it's gonna be people other than UX designers in there, right? So yeah that's this pretty much it thank you for having me on I really appreciate oh
1: no thank you and and I think definitely we need to do another one maybe after you finish or no after you finish after you are a little more into your job and you can tell us a little bit how you feel and how was the dynamic with the team I think that was will be so important uh, to share with everybody and as Kerry said we will have the links he loves to share links and resources so for sure we will have those for you to uh look at it and for sure if Kerry you're okay we will share your link in too um and then yeah we can do that and I think that's it that's it for us for today
2: you as well Julia
1: what did you think that was so much fun I love him so much. He's
0: so passionate
1: about helping
0: people and about UX. I know you guys didn't see him because we recorded via Zoom, but I could see by the way he talked and how he talked. Hopefully, you guys will will be able to hear it through his voice too, like his passion and his kindness.
1: I mean, it's not just about UX design in general, but like you were saying, passionate about helping others and that's how I met him he just again you already heard this but he messaged me saying hey your portfolio is pretty cool let's talk about it and then he's been such a helpful person towards my whole UX design experience so I just wanted uh, to invite him over to meet you well meet you Ali and meet you guys so uh, we can hear his passion about his whole life.
0: Yeah for sure. So why don't we share maybe one, two kind of ideas that we got from what he was sharing?
1: Yeah. Um, Something that I really like uh, about his whole uh, strategies or or tools when looking for a job is how he really research about the company and how he much take the time to practice like not just like make some silly notes, but really going through the whole process of the kind of questions that they're going to ask him and how he's going to answer them. And he has, he's going to use um, what he knows about the company, what he knows about him and how he can use those two and sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I think that's what definitely I took the most about the whole conversation is um make it your own and do your own research
0: nice yeah uh what i liked about um his uh strategist is how he was very resilient and mm-hmm. the whole like mental health um kind of blurb that we um were talking about uh again as i was saying before i'm big on all that stuff so those extremely long interviews, it's going to exhaust you. And, uh, I personally haven't done them, but I know people who were going through that. And it's, it's amazing how just like simple things like going for a walk can help you. Um, and again, guys, if you need any advice, uh, if you need someone to look at your portfolio or just, uh, cheer you up on your ux journey feel free to message carrie he is such a kind soul um Mm -hmm. and just sometimes all we need is just that support
1: Mm -hmm. even even us messages us we would love to help you even though that again maybe we don't have that much experience but we are here to help and give you support in your journey as a ux designer or in your new career i think these um these uh, skills that you're learning here, you can use them on any kind of job that you're looking for. It's not just for UX designers, it's for any career. So um, yeah, messages. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know who you are. Um, I don't know if you saw the message or the post that I put on my LinkedIn today, uh, but it's from the female lead and LinkedIn. And then it says through uh, trust your hard work is unlocking doors, unlocking doors that you haven't seen yet. So Aww. I think it's just that like you are working, you are going somewhere. Is you don't see it yet, but it's happening.
0: That's lovely. Um, yeah, sometimes, and we had a talk about it, and you know, in person uh, at the coffee shop once. Uh, remember how you were saying, you're planting the seeds, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't see the fruits of your hard work yet, but you are planting the seeds and it's so true. It's so key. And it's hard because I was thinking about it myself today. I was like, I don't sometimes see the physical, you know, uh, evidence of my hard work, mm-hmm. but I have to believe that, you know, it's happening in the background and I'll see it very soon. So mm-hmm. believe in yourself guys.
1: Yes, we do. We do believe in yourself. And I think it, it makes a lot of different surrounding of, uh, surround yourself with people that believe in you, because sometimes you're going to doubt yourself. But that person who cares about you and have seen all your hard work is going to say, you got it. No worry. Um, let's just sit down, relax for a little bit and keep going. I think there is not another option to get to your dreams than keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you have no
0: one, sometimes it happens. Maybe you just came to Vancouver and I was in that, you know, in those shoes myself. I came eight and a half years ago and I didn't know anyone. So if you uh don't know anyone, if you have no friends, message us. We'll be your friend.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> we love to meet people, we love to connect. So yes, please message us and what is next what is coming for our next episode we will be talking about uh the skills that you need like maybe soft skills mixed with hard skills that you need to be a ux designer and we are going to break it up in different episodes so uh, we can meet more people and get inspired with more amazing designers we really want to start bringing female guests as well to kind of spice it up I would say (laughs) more than (laughs) us no one can spice it up more than us
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we are um spicy girls that's it exactly that's it what should we say we love you (laughs) yes see you next week